All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Wednesday, November 30th of 2022. Got a 13-game NBA slate on tap tonight with the rare NBA Millie Maker tonight. And we also have a four-game NHL slate. Should be tons of fun getting in on the action tonight and then looking ahead to tomorrow to our NFL showdown. For those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I am one of the coaches here at SaberSim. This is a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions that come in in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you are not joined up in the Discord, there is a link in the description below to get joined up. Tons of awesome conversations happening in there each and every day. And, uh, you know, looks like we have like a little bit of a busy show today. A couple things to get to. Uh, really excited to talk about some of these topics. If you are just tuning in and have some questions, throw them in the YouTube chat and we will make sure to get to all the questions before the end of the show today. So that being said, going to pull up Sabersim here. And then we are going to get going. Uh, wanted to touch on a new uh, feature uh, uh, feature release that just came out today. I don't think we've uh, posted it in the release notes uh, just yet. But it is live in the app. And I did want to touch on it because there was a question that came in in regards to it, I believe, yesterday or the day before, sometime this week. So, uh, you know, I, I just ran this build a little bit ago. I'm going to use it as an example. So for those of you... Uh, who who weren't aware, we, we released this new lineup filters, I believe, on Monday. And what this gives you the ability to do is basically uh, bulk trash different sets of lineups really quickly. And I think it's like an awesome feature. And just like as an example, you know, uh, the max ownership here is 180 and the lowest is 65. Maybe you're like, you know, okay, I don't want to play any... Uh, lineups where my sum ownership is uh, less than or greater than 160. I'm just making up a number based on what I saw. So, so, so this is the new feature that we released today, the show hide, just to make it a little more clear what you're actually doing. So if I say show lineups with ownership less than 160, it's going to take all the lineups that were greater than that and trash them. Or, you know, you could do it the other way where it's like, hide lineups with ownership greater than 160. So so it just makes it like a little more clear uh, which way that that filter is working. I basically just wrote the same filter twice in two different ways. Uh, one of the awesome, really cool things about this is Jorn Vigo had a question in the Discord earlier this week, basically saying like, hey, you know, I want to exclude lineups that are... 50k salary and above 25 geo mean but if it is less than 50k salary i am okay with it being over 25k geo mean wasn't a great way to do that prior to this update today but with it you could you could definitely do this so if i go to hide lineups with salary greater than put 4900 or 49.9 and then ownership or i'm sorry geo mean greater than 25. So what that'll do, it'll grab the lineups where the salary is 50,000 and the GL mean is over 25. 
but it will leave lineups where Geomean is over 25, but the salary is less than 50,000. So it kind of gives you the ability to use two variables in uh, one filter. It is a uh, nice quick addition that the team was able to get out really quickly. And some of the um, clarification about whether you are showing or hiding is nice. So I wanted to touch on that, you know, for anyone who hasn't seen the new filters came out Monday and then the push that we did today to make it a little clearer and add a little more for people to use for their filters. So wanted to bring that to everybody's attention. And then now we are going to get rolling on a question. Uh, first question of the day that came in, in support. I like to get to the support questions first, cause I will tend to forget them. And, and not get to them. So this question that came in from support said, hello, I rarely play NBA and wanted to get your take on the below rules. The first one was from Jordan Chant in the YouTube videos. The second one I've heard is the cap that you want players from the same team set at. The third one is I, I saw from BK Reader's single entry lineup from last night. I also added up his total own percent and it was below 405. So I set that one as well. Can you recommend anything else here or give me some suggestions about the rules I have in place? Back testing today. I keep getting livers from Detroit and he sucked last night. I don't know the majority of the role players in the NBA, so I would have never known to X him out. It was reported that he was starting, so I assumed he would get minutes. Also, when is a good scenario to late swap? Is it only when there is major news that comes out before each game lock? Or do pros typically run late swap at every game lock? I've never known the answer to this. Probably why I never play NBA. Thanks for any suggestions. Okay, pretty long question here. We are going to take it, you know, really like slow and kind of go one at a time because I think there's like a lot to unpack here. And I want I want to make sure that uh, we are pretty uh, clear in, in, in some of the, the messaging here, right? So, okay, let's just go kind of one at a time. Uh, you know, you guys can't see the rules right now, but um, basically one of the rules was use one or less players where my projection is greater than 40 from the same team. It's, you know, you're trying to kind of uh, avoid like negative correlation. I think you see that most often on, you know, a good team that comes to mind is like Atlanta. And, uh, you know, let's go over here to NBA, big slate tonight. Because, you know, Atlanta has uh, DeJounte Murray and Trey Young, you know, two high-priced guys, uh, both over 40 projection. You know, if you were to come in here and and look at their correlation values, which are uh, from, you know, the SIM database, they're, they're going to be the most negatively correlated to one another. You know, Based on this representation, like Saberson understands that. Saberson understands that these players together are are not good, like in in the majority of cases. And you know, on like a big slate like tonight, where our correlation value is is up at three, this this is as as correlation goes up, it is positively benefiting players that are positively correlated to each other and it is negatively uh hurting players that are negatively correlated to each other so like you know trey young and cole anthony like kind of get like a boost together but then trey young and Dejounte murray like 
do not get a boost. They actually get taxed more in in after the projections are pulled based on the correlation multiplier that is applied. So so you know I don't think like you're gonna get too many instances where you get these players together to start with, and the instances where you do is is probably like. Uh, the rate at which it, in the Sims that they are, um, you know, optimal kind of together. And like, we can, we can try this out, you know, let's, let's open this up to our full pool of 500 here. We're going to look at all 500 lineups and I'm going to go down and, and find Trey Young here. And then I'm going to use the magnifying glass. And then this will tell me, you know, the, the amount of lineups that other players are in, in lineups that he's in. So he, so we have 81 lineups with him. So, like in this instance, you know, I have 27 lineups where Justice Winslow is in the Trey Young lineup. So this is a good way to see, you know, some some combinatorics like who is being uh, put into lineups with a specific player. If you're ever interested in in looking at this yourself on any given night, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna scroll down here. I, I don't see a single lineup with with Dejounte Murray in it, and and I could I could also probably type his name in here. And we have we have zero lineups with them together. And if I wanted to do this opposite, you know, and like just to make sure, so I only have I only have nine lineups with him in my five hundred. Kind of tells me that the builder is saying like, hey, you know, between the two, Trey Young is like the much better play. I I I think that you know this is not something that you need to worry about too much. I think it's fine to set the rule if you want to, um, but but Sabersim understands you know, these, these type of negative correlations. Uh, it's a really, really smart builder. I think like another example, maybe like Boston, you know, we could do something with Boston here. Uh, Jalen Brown, really close to 40 and, and Jason Tatum. And like, let's just do, you know, one more example and, and kind of see what it's looking like. You know, maybe this is like giving some people some peace of mind as to like how, how the builder works. So I'm going to come in here, I'm going to grab Tatum and then I am going to look for, Jalen Brown, no lineups with them together. And, you know, one thing that we didn't do was look at their correlation value. So, you know, I bet, I bet they're probably really negatively correlated, not as much as young and Murray, but still the highest negative correlation uh, to, to Tatum in that instance. And, you know, here we have, we have actually more lineups with, with Brown than we did with Murray. Murray, we only had nine, you know, on this end, we have Jalen Brown in 45 lineups out of those 45 lineups, still zero where they are together. So, so you know, in 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 a in like a spot check kind of way, you know, the builder is basically doing what that rule is intended to do naturally because the builder understands how to manage these things. And you know, if you want to set the rule to to be safe, I think I think it's I think it's fine. But you know, if you ever do get a lineup with them in it. Uh, you know, it's it's probably for a really good reason, and I would be really cautious of, around uh, setting such stringent rules, especially on short slates. Something like we saw yesterday, you know, like a three-game NBA slate. Like it's it's very possible on on such a short slate if you have two high-priced guys, uh, high high projected guys on the same team that that they both might end up in the winning lineup on a short slate. So like I think it's really really uh, just like you know, from, from my side, like a, like a big cautionary tale is like, be careful with applying rules to different size slates and understand that you need to be flexible with the rules that you set. And there's a time in place 
for certain rules. I think, you know, if you wanted to set that rule on a slate like tonight, big 13-game slate, I think it's totally fine. You know, there's so many different places to to get two high-priced guys, but, you know, Sabersim understands that as well. So not something that, like, I'm actively thinking about or worried about sneaking into my lineups. I think it's fine to do some spot checking from time to time, but that is my spiel on that first rule. Uh, second rule said, I heard uh, one thing is that you want to cap players from the same team. And and the uh, question is showing a use less than three players per team rule, something that Max Steinberg uh, talked about when he came on at the beginning of the season, something I've talked about myself. Uh, it is a rule that, that I tend to use. And, you know, another one where kind of slate dependent, right? Usually depends a lot on the value on the slate. That's that's one big thing that that I like to take into account when writing that rule is, you know, is there a team like, you know, Golden State? I think they've already done it twice this year. They do it pretty often. They will just rest all their starters on one day and say, you know what, just, just instead of spreading it out, we're just going to rest everybody today. And you get these huge value opportunities where it's like literally uh, five guys off the bench with Jordan Poole, like the main guy. So, you know, you got to be like a little aware of slate context and who is uh, like what what the scenario is for different teams on the slate. So so one thing that that I like to do with that rule is, you know, I'll set it as like a group automatic rule, use no more than three group by team. And then I will save it as as a manual rule and I will do slate research. And if there is a team where this rule makes sense to either allow more, you know, you can click into a certain team and allow four, allow five, or, or, you know, if there's a team where you're fine with more players, you could just come in and trash the rule for that team and allow more than three from a specific team. So I think like, you know, it's a pretty safe rule in, in general. I think there are always exceptions to certain rules and a very high value spot would be a, a, an exception in that instance. So I just wanted to show, you know, uh, talk about that. And then we're going to move on to this third one. So, uh, you know, this one says third one I saw from BK readers, single entry lineup from last night. Uh, okay. What did he say? The third one I saw from, okay. The third rule. So the third rule was use exactly two players where my own is less than 10. So I did a little research on this. I didn't know if like BK reader was, was tweeting BK reader. You know, if, if you're familiar with, uh, like the DFS landscape and the Roto Grinders rankings, BK Reader is like a uh, top DFS pro, um, really, really good, uh, high volume player. Uh, not, no, nothing bad to say about BK Reader at all. Uh, I, I looked, he didn't like post anything. Maybe you were in Results DB looking at certain things. I mean, I mean, the pros get so much volume, you know, one lineup in, in one contest. I don't think you should really draw any conclusions from that at all. And, you know, I think like the bigger takeaway here is that, you know, you're saying like, oh, you know, the, the, the ownership was, was below 405. Like we just did an example where the, the max ownership that we have is, is 180. So like that, that, that ownership sum is so, well, well, one is slate dependent, right? I mean, that, that's a three game slate. You're going to get tons of concentrated ownership on a three game slate with where, where there are just not that many options. You're never going to get anywhere near that on, on a slate like tonight. I mean, on DraftKings, there are, there are eight slots. You, you would need every single player 
to be 50% owned to, to get that. Like you're never going to get anywhere near that. The ownership that we're getting is 180. So I think that's like actually a really bad thing to do is, is take somebody's uh, some ownership role because you know, you might draw the conclusion from that, but, but the person who did, it's like, Oh, like I wasn't even thinking about that. That's, that's not, that's not my intention at all. That's not like a rule I set. That's just the ownership that, that I came, came up to. So I, I think I would be really, really careful with, um, you know, looking at, especially like single entry, one lineup from, uh, from players, from, from people that, you know, are getting tons of action and tons of volume and, and, you know, I don't know how many single entry lineups he had, but, uh, you know, I, I, I would really caution against doing that specifically. And then, uh, continuing to roll here. Oh, the, 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 the other part of that was, um, you know, use exactly two players where my own is, is less than 10. I think that, you know, I would, I would also be really careful with that. Um, just because like, you, you know, Unless you're like having these conversations directly with these people, you don't know why that ended up in their lineup. A lot of these people are using optimizers or, you know, uh, tools that they built themselves and creating these lineups uh, using a lot of software and they might not be doing it on purpose. They just kind of get to those constructions based on their software. And, you know, um, I, I've definitely heard Nerdy Tenor speak about this on on different podcasts and um, someone will say something is like, hmm, interesting. Like, I didn't realize my software was doing that. You know, let me go look into that. And and like, I think people can read too much into those small nuances that that the player creating it might not even have caught on to themselves. So I'd just be really careful trying to draw conclusions like that. And, um, you know, okay, getting back to this, uh, this livers thing. So like, like, let's go back to yesterday. So livers, you know, announced as a starter over Sadiq Bay. Uh, pretty late and um you know didn't didn't do didn't do particularly well but played a lot and you know we had his minute projection at 24 and he ended up playing 23 minutes and you know he did he didn't get to you know this this score unfortunately didn't play that well but that doesn't mean that he wasn't in a really good spot at really low salary starting for like one of the first times this season I think like on a three game slate, you know, you're going to have to get different and, and take some shots. And I think that was like a totally fine shot to take. And, you know, um, sometimes it doesn't work out and that's, and that's okay. You know, not, not, not everybody is going to have a good day all the time. Uh, I think that's why it's important to exercise risk management in step three. You know, if you come in here and you're building lineups and you're getting like a hundred percent to these guys, like maybe, maybe that's too much risk for you. You know what, what I would suggest is hold on let me put these lines back in here what i would ultimately suggest is like you know spread out your men uniques get as many as you can that way you're that way if one player does bad it doesn't sink all your lineups and then you know if this is still too much risk for you you can come in here and you can and you can drop it down manually and hit this apply and if you don't meet exposures you know you could do different things to try and continue to uh manage your risk overall in in your portfolio so I think I think there's like a lot of things that that you can do here to manage your risk. We make it really easy for you to do that. I would really encourage you know taking advantage of min uniques as much as you can and uh, continuing to manage exposure post build. I think that is like one of the highest 
uh, value things an individual can do in their process. So good question here. Um, moving on to one of the last ones here. When is a good scenario to late swap? Is it only when there is major news that comes out before each game lock or do pros typically run late swap at every game lock? Okay. So I'll give you like my own advice here, you know, especially with the way that late swap is set up with, um, you know, only, um, rebuilding each lineup once I prefer to only run late swap when there is news pending, when the starting lineup is different than expected, you know, the Detroit one happened before lock. So that's like not a late swap scenario, but if the Detroit game was after lock, you know, you flip this golden state and Detroit game start times and golden state starts before starts at lock Detroit starts after lock. I would 100% late swap for, for such a scenario. And, um, you know, pending injury news is a big one. We usually treat players as if they are going to play when they are questionable. You know, we give them like a full uh, point projection, a full, um, you know, ownership. And then if they get ruled in, usually not a lot you have to do there. It is mostly when players get ruled out that you have to go in and swap. So I would like keep an eye on uh, starting lineups and players getting ruled out are like the two biggest instances where late swapping is really effective. I think one thing you can do, like on like a short slate, this is more like game theory. You know, both of these games, I, I'm pretty sure that both games ended before this last game started. You know, you could draw some conclusions based on how you're doing and make some game theory type swaps in the last game. Not something you could do on a night like tonight. 13 games late, a lot of uh, different start times. So I would mostly be aware of injury news and uh, starting lineups is is like a great place to start for late swaps. So a lot of good questions here. Long conversation. We will make sure to get a timestamp over to you and uh, let us know if you have any follow-up there. All right. We are going to jump over to Discord. I'm going to go and find the last message that uh, came in. It looks like... There is a question here from Ferris Madane. I'm going to jump in here. Said, is there any rule or metric that you guys find to increase the likelihood of lineups to finish above 300 fantasy points? I know it's wishful thinking, but I thought I heard something like that in a live stream. Okay. So the closest thing that I can think of to something that would possibly help you, uh, you know, maybe find lineups like, like kind of in this range. I think, you know, 300 NBA fantasy points is kind of like arbitrary and very slate dependent, you know, on like a three game slate, you know, you're going to see a lot lower scores. And then like on a bigger slate, like tonight, probably scores over 300, you know, that's not to say like, you know, 300 is, is a good score. Sometimes 300 is a bad score and you're not going to cash that much. Sometimes you're going to need, you know, 400 points. So, you know, I, I would just, I would try not to like put, uh, lineup stat targets kind of, um, in like your, your, your working game three game theory, just because it, it changes slate to slate. Uh, a good score on one slate is not a good score on another slate. So just something to keep in the back of your mind there. But if you are somebody who wants to just maximize for upside, I would take advantage of the lineup percentiles and I would use something like 95th or 99th. If you come down here, you know, we have these summary stats down here. It will show you, and you hover over it, uh, it will show you the scores at at the lineup percentiles. So so think of lineup percentiles as, you know, okay, 
the the 99th percentile for this lineup is 345.89 points. What that means is that this lineup with with this player construction in our entire database of sims scores 345.89 points 1% of the time. And and that would be true, you know, for 95th, you know, this lineup scores 328.89 points in our entire sim database 5% of the time. So that's kind of how you got to think of the lineup percentiles. You know, Saber score does take into account uh, lineup upside, but this is like a raw form of taking a, into account upside. You know, Saber score is balancing correlation, ownership fade, and upside. If you are just saying like, hey, you know, I just kind of want to maximize for upside, I would use a lineup percentiles and I would use something uh, pretty pretty high and uh, go from there and, 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 see, and see how you like those sorting methods. So that is my advice. In regards to that. Okay. Next question here from the piano teacher said, Andrew, if you had a very small bankroll of $500, what NBA contest would you enter to keep upside, but reduce risk of ruin? And I see some of the community members jumped in here and uh, answered this, but you know, I'm going to keep just, you're going to answer it as well myself. So, you know, if, if, if I were kind of just starting out newer to DFS, what I would do is I would follow our DFS profit plan. If you go over to our YouTube channel, we have this video over here in the new here, start here first, the DFS profit plan, start winning more with our DFS profit plan. It is a 17 minute video. It basically sums up a very lengthy uh, behind the Sims series into contest selection and gives contest selection principles that we stand behind that we suggest our users use. And if you go into this video, it's a short watch, highly recommend it. I follow it myself. I know other people on the team follow it. It is a very good metric where basically you are separating your contests into diversifiers and elevators. The elevators are single entry and three max contests. Diversifiers are 20 entry and 150 max contests. You are applying about 50 to 75% of your bankroll to the diversifiers, 25 to 50% to the elevators in an attempt to give you chances to one, grow your bankroll and two, smooth out your variance over time. It is something that, you know, we put a lot of resources into coming up with and something that we really stand behind over here. You know, some contests off the top of my head that, you know, really pop out to me is, you know, first of all, make sure you're playing under the $3 threshold, you know, play the, the nickel 150 on FanDuel, play the 25 cent, 20 max, play the uh, $2, 22 cent, 20 max on FanDuel, play the $1 single entry, the $2 single entry on DraftKings. You could play, you know, the quarter jukebox. Um, you could play the $1, um, 20 max. They got a $1 single entry. I think they have a $1 three max and uh, either like a $2 single entry or a $3 single entry. Like there are tons of good contests under those limits before you start to move up. Then I would move into like the $5 single entries, the $10 single entry, the $12 single entry uh, contests like that. So, you know, watch the video, jump into the DraftKings and FanDuel lobbies and see how you can start applying that and come up with a balance within the bankroll limit that you are playing. So just some thoughts there and uh, check out that video and let me know if you have any more questions. All right. Going to get Saber Sim 
pulled back up here, and then we are going to keep it rolling. Got a question here from TJ0575. TJ said, question about when the Sims update. Let's say later in the day it comes out that Embiid slash Harris will not play. When you update the Sims, do the game totals update as well? Before the update, it let's say that Philadelphia was projected to score 108 with Embiid Harris. Will that 108 change when news breaks? They will both be out. So, yeah, it is probably likely that the team totals will change as well. Um, basically, what happens, news breaks. We take in that news. You can see the Sims running in the NBA lineups alert channels in Discord. And, you know, it kind of makes some sense. You get the news that, you know, Embiid and Harris are out, and then you kind of see a Sim run. You can kind of see that that's being taken into account. Then you can... Um, you know, come in here, hit the refresh icon once the Sims have completed. See the last updated timestamp. Looks like Sims are running right now. And then you could come into the team and see if uh, those players are indeed out or still have projections. So team totals should update with those changes as well as the player projections, minutes, etc. Okay. Question here from Neil. Looks like Neil said, okay, I've noticed the min salary default setting for NFL main slates is now down to 48,500. Is there any reason that could be providing for this change? Oh, that are any reasoning that could be provided for this change? I'm thinking I'm going to crank this back up uh, to 49,5 manually, but I want to make sure I have good reason to do so common advice across the industry is to use most or all of your salary. So leaving up to 1500 on the table seems like a lot to me. Okay. So I do know that we did make some changes, uh, to min salary in, in the recent, uh, past. And the reasoning basically is for, uh, some of the changes that we've made to how the builder works, we think that lineups that are at this new salary are a lot more viable considering the changes with sim diversity and um, just the way the builder works overall. It is not something that I myself am too concerned with. I think that, you know, if it is bothering you, I I, I think it's, I think it's okay to do what, what I would really suggest is, you know, come in here and, uh, you know, I'm going to open this up so we can get a couple more instances, like run some lineups, sort inversely by salary and see what some of those lineups look like in your 150 set. So for instance, you know, we're going to run this lineup right now and we're going to come in here and we're going to kind of spot check the lineups at that salary, which is like, what I am most interested in, in that scenario. So, okay. 20 lineups, you know, I want to see out. First of all, I want to see what salary lineups I'm, I'm getting in my 20. It looks like we're still using, you know, most, if not all of our salary in, in most of these instances, I haven't seen a single lineup under 49.5. So, you know, builder kind of understands that, but I think, you know, especially as you start to, uh, play a ton of unique entries. You know, uh, we did this like 
uh, thing on on FanDuel, on like on a FanDuel main slate, you can play the the nickel 150 max, the quarter 150 max, the dollar 150 max, and like the flagship four or five dollar 150 max. Like that's that's 600 lineups right there. So you know if you open this up to like 600 lineups, I, I bet you that you're probably gonna find some even like at the lowest point where where the 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 salary starts to get a little lower but like that doesn't necessarily mean the lineup is bad you know the lowest one i've seen so far is is this 49-3 and you know right here we're looking at a QB plus 2 with two run backs and um uh running back paired with his defense i mean you know i i i honestly don't really see anything wrong with this lineup like at all so so what i would really do is like kind of spot check the lineups that you're most concerned about and you know another awesome feature that you know you can now take advantage of is like if 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 there are certain lineups that you don't want to see you just go you know hide uh lineups salary less than you know 49 500 see how many of your lineups you're trashing and then and then you know maybe come into here and like see what these lineups look like and see you know if you're comfortable playing these i i think that the builder is going to give you a lot of uh good lineups in a lot of different scenarios and i don't think that you know you should let salary uh kind of outweigh some of the things that the saber sam builder is doing i think that's pretty much why we lowered it in the first place but, um, you know, still like a well-correlated lineup and a, a, a lot of correlation going on here, a lot of good pieces with upside in these lineups. Uh, so, you know, I just like be a little careful uh, being too stringent on the salary or like making that and like end-all, be-all kind of uh, factor for you. So just some food for thought there. Going to keep it going. Jibo18 said... When you go over review mode for past slates, when I click on pool and then review mode, it doesn't seem to be doing anything. Okay. So the way review mode basically works is, you know, if we go back to, you know, I'm going to go back to like a big slate like Monday and I go into this past build that I ran. So what review mode is, is going to do. And if you hover over here, you can see it. Enable review mode to isolate your 20 lineups from the pool and sort by actual score. So this is going to go and grab the 20 that you use to fill your entries. And then it is going to sort them descending by actual score, where it's going to show the highest scoring actual from your 20 at the top. And then, you know, kind of uh, just, just go down from there. You can also switch over to pool. It is still going by actual but see how this lineup is grayed out. So that means that this lineup was not in your 20. This was one of the lineups from your 500. It is the lineups that have like the green color that were in your 20. So you could say like, okay, you know, my top lineup wasn't in my 20, but my second lineup was. You can kind of come in here, see what the Sabre scores were, uh, see, you know, however you kind of uh, lined it up. And then you can come back, you know, turn review mode off. You know, you 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 use that as like a trigger, like okay, you know, it was like four ninety six uh uh saber score. Like why why didn't I get it? How did I how did I miss it? You know, maybe it was with some of the exposures I set, and you can kind of use that to to narrow down uh 
what lineups got missed and, and stuff like that. So, so that's basically how review mode works. Uh, if there are any more questions about review mode, just let me know. Okay. Got a question here from blue Mastodon said, I noticed that you had a rule for aggregate projected sum in the pro video. Can you touch base on that? Don't want to give your whole process away, but explain why it would be useful. Okay. So, you know, actually, uh, so, so, uh, to be like with a, with a new lineup filters that just came out, I'm actually using it a little bit differently. Basically what I'm doing is like just trying to, uh, make sure that all of my lineups like are good and just kind of create like a, like a floor baseline. It's not something that I'm like shooting for, but it's like, Hey, you know, let's, uh, let's use like a floor baseline and say, you know, no lineups below this projected score. I think it's like a fine thing to do. Uh, usually I'll like run a cash build and kind of try and, uh, figure out a number that I want to use based on what, what the cash lineups look like. I'm actually doing this a little differently now. Rather than giving it as a pre-build input, I am going to start using it as a post-build filter where I will come in here and just say, you know, show lineups where projected score is greater than, I don't know, just 250 off the top of my head. I'm making something up. And, you know, I trashed like a lot of lineups in this set. So, you know, might be like a bad number for this slate. But one, it's slate dependent. And uh, two, using it as a filter is kind of something that I am going to try and experiment more with to not create a uh, uh, a rule that the builder has to follow. Let the builder be a little more organic and use it as a post-build filter. So good question. Happy to talk about any of the content that we released. So, you know, for those of you who are not on the pro plan, pro plan, we released a pro plan exclusive video, which is part of signing up for the pro plan. I did a uh, video on a slate from last week where I thought I saw some value. Uh, ended up uh, working out okay. Uh, player came off of the bench as 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 I expected and and uh, in a little bit of a different scenario than the projections across the industry had this player at. So, you know, if you want to get access to that exclusive content, sign up for the pro plan. It is definitely an awesome uh like add-on or, or uh, talking point of the pro plan to get ex uh, access to that exclusive content. Done a couple videos now, and uh, we are really happy with how they are turning out. All right. Last question in the Discord is from Mark Sklar. Let me know if I butchered that or not. Mark said, this new filter feature is, is money. What are your thoughts on a six stack in NHL on a small slate like tonight's or even five twos? That's what I'm getting out of Saberson the most with a no rules build. Uh, so what I'll say is that, you know, correlation is king in NHL. I think that, you know, Saberson is going to give you certain type of stack constructions based on the context of the slate and on a short slate, you know, uh, for gamer. I think it makes a lot of sense to possibly uh, do a 5-2 or a, a 6 stack. You know, a lot of people that I've seen come in here, ask questions, want to do something like a, uh, you know, force like a three, three stack. And that's something that we've demoed multiple times. You know, these are rules that we demo on here that, that I come back to frequently. A uh, six stack definitely uh, satisfies this rule. I've seen it, you know, run a build with these two rules on 
and and sometimes you get uh six stacks and like that's totally okay so i think that you know bigger bigger stacks on smaller slates uh make sense and i wouldn't be afraid of using it all right a lot of good questions so far gonna jump over to the youtube chat see uh two questions in the youtube chat so if anybody has any more questions now is the time to get them in i'm gonna start knocking out these uh first two and then we're gonna keep going uh mark said i pronounced his last name right by the way awesome glad to hear that mark okay uh first question in the youtube chat from patrick said how different is nfl nhl nba showdown on DraftKings in terms of correlation do we take the same approach from what we learn in post office hours streams? Okay. So I think what the question is saying, you know, how different is NFL showdown from NHL showdown from NBA showdown? I would say, you know, trust the sliders and let the sliders tell you how to approach the different type of slates. You know, maybe you're playing like the late NBA showdown. And I believe that this is probably going to be a zero zero ten, which it is exactly the same for nfl i know that for sure i have not played any nhl showdown but we can come over here and see what the sliders are so same sliders across the board i think like the key thing with with showdown contests specifically is that you know the ability to randomly sample single game sims from our entire sim database is just a huge advantage and you know saber sim is saying you know, don't, don't work in correlation in these showdowns, let the correlation, uh, happen naturally and take the correlation from the single game Sims, you know, uh, correlation, adding in extra correlation is not that important. More is the ability to kind of accurately, uh, get these, uh, one instances where a game takes place and hopefully you get a game script really similar to that. So that is why, you know, entering more lineups is, is always better. So, you know, would always recommend, you know, getting as many unique lineups as you possibly can. So you can take advantage of more instances from the SIM database. Okay. Next question here from try hard sweat said, hi, is there a way to build NBA lines by 75th percentile? I know you can sort afterwards, but I want, I want my players chosen before the build by 75th percentile. So, so no, there is not a way to do this. And I would really like caution against this. And the, the main reason why is that, you know, not every single player in the player pool is going to have their 75th percentile outcome. I mean, if we come into this build, we're going to see, you know, how many players are in our player pool. We have 80 players in this player pool. Um, you know, that's not even in including the ones that have ownership that we do not have exposure to. And, you know, for, 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 for you to go in and like assume that every single player in this player pool has their 75th percentile outcome at the same time, I think is a bad assumption. You know, we used to have that feature in here where you could, uh, basically take the player's. 75th percentile uh, scores on the home screen and insert it as a projection, as like a custom projection. But we didn't like that. We didn't feel that was an accurate representation. You know, the lineup percentiles work a lot better and I can't like say enough about them. You know, this is like going to more accurately represent how lineups are actually look. 
And, you know, some players might have a 99th, some might have a 75th. One or two of your players might have like a 50th percentile, depending on the contest you're playing. So, you know, giving the lineup the ability for individual pieces of the lineup to have different percentiles, but still have a high 95th percentile outcome is much more representative of what actually happens on a night-to-night basis rather than assume that all players have their 75th percentile outcome because there are tons of players on any given night that end up with snowflakes in NBA. And if you play NBA, you know what I'm talking about. So, you know, really, uh, we that was something we wanted to get away from. And with this addition of the lineup percentiles, we think it is a much better uh, tool and highly recommend using it over setting custom projections. So just my thoughts there. All right. Uh Comment here from Patrick. I'm a paid yearly advance subscriber. If I want to upgrade to pro, what is the proper procedure to upgrade? Patrick, what I would do is I would contact support, just uh, support at sabersim.com. You can either shoot them an email or you can contact them through the report a problem link and just shoot them an email saying that, you know, you want to upgrade and how do you go about doing that? The support team will make sure to take care of you and show you all of your options. So, Good question there. But anyways, everybody, that was our last question of the day. Good stream today. Got to talk about a lot of awesome topics. Show off the uh, update to our lineup pool filters. If you're not taking advantage of it, would highly recommend checking it out and seeing what it can do. But we will be right back here tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern. Talk a little NFL showdown. Continue to talk NHL and NBA. Until then, see you guys. Good luck in your contests.